The Forum at 8 on SAFM. It's eight minutes past eight, time for the Forum at Eight. And this morning we explore some of the reasons why people stay in unhappy or abusive relationships. Many people in such relationships realize that they are being mistreated and abused, but somehow they choose to stay in the relationship for a host of reasons and even some that seem to be very difficult to everyone else to understand. Onlookers might be tempted to ask why people choose to stay and subject themselves to this abuse. So on the forum at 8 this morning, we ask, why do people indeed stay in these abusive relationships? And perhaps you'd like to share your experience with us or a situation that you may be familiar with. And you can call us on 0891-104-208. You can also tweet or Facebook us on AM Live on SAFM or at Sakina Kamwendo. And if you'd like to send an SMS, the number is 34. 34- 701. Our guest this morning, I have in studio with me, Jackie. Uh, she is a victim of abuse. Jackie, thanks so much for coming through. And joining us on the line, we have Dr. Barbara Wade, who is a clinical social worker, as well as Mr. Mbuiselo Buerta, who works for Sonke Gender Justice Network. Mr. Buerta and Dr. Wade, thanks for your time as well. Well, thank you so much, Sakina. Thank you very much for the invitation, Sakina. Uh, you're all most welcome. Jackie, I want to start with you. If uh, you could perhaps just take us through, you know, how it happened, how it all started, that you found yourself in this abusive relationship. Um, first of all, how do you know you're getting abused? Um, people who abuse you are very subtle. Um, they turn it back on you. It's always your fault. Um it's something you did to cause them to have a reaction to you. Um, it's never them. They're always in denial. So so very subtly they break you down. They break you down to a place where you um, don't actually feel that you're worthy. You don't actually even realize that they're doing this to you. I've, I've worked with um, ladies who I thought, wow, how can you stay in an abusive relationship? You see the scars of... Um, someone beating you the burns on your skin and you think wow that's abuse and um, you don't realize that there's other forms of abuse out there um, emotional verbal abuse Um, and then you think to yourself am I being abused am I the one that's um, being abused and you go no never you know he's such a nice guy he'll never do this to me but very subtly they slowly break you down they break you down to where you have no self-worth you don't believe in yourself. Um, sometimes you get so bad. In my case, it got so bad, I decided the only way out was if I killed myself. And I realized, wow, um, you know, something's got to change. I went to um, a clinic um, to get better because now, you know, suicide is such a big thing. And the first course I went on was um, abuse, recognizing abuse. And I sat there in this course and um, listened and I thought, wow, that's my life. Um, There's patterns, there's circles. It's um, when they push you too far, you say, but why don't you love me? Why are you doing this to me? No, it's not you. It's me. I'm sorry. It's me. And um, let's fix this. Let's put it right. And so you think, wow, okay. Yeah, there is hope for us. Um, He's prepared to put it right. And um, you start working on yourself because you feel that you need to change. You need to become this better person. Um, If you become this better person, maybe they'll love you more. They won't hurt you. 
um, they won't belittle you and um, so you start working they start working with you and the next thing you know the pattern starts all over again um, and then in the course they said well if you um, if it's working um, she's behaving why should I change because it's working again I don't need to change no and so it's, it's a total mind game between people um, so a lot of times do you think the abuser does he know that he's abusing you I don't know um, so yeah what is abuse is abuse physical scars um, how do you get rid of the emotional scars inside mm. how do you get rid of the hurt the pain um, the self you know your self worth how do you find that why does somebody have to push you so far that you feel death is better than life and um, I realize life is better um, I'm precious mm. um, I need to be able to live my life I need to be able to be who I am and abuse is because nobody wants to allow you to be who you are Jackie you were married for 29 years now I'm just trying to understand how soon into this marriage or if, if perhaps it was even before when did it all start and you know what just a practical example for, you know, a day when he comes in and does something. What did it look like? What did he do to you? Um, it would be like if we were out with um, friends or family. It would be like, um, because I'm not, um, I've got to go stand at so I'm, I'm not like this very clever person. Um, they would put you into like traps, like say things, and it's, it's a, all at your expense it's at a joke at your expense or oh you're so fat um you're so fat how would i would even touch you and stuff like that and then um yeah you, you actually don't know it's, it's probably started before yes did i see the warning signs yeah they were there um but you feel that nobody else is going to love you that nobody else actually cares that nobody else wants you because they make you feel that you're not beautiful that nobody else wants you um so it's very difficult they can come in they and you know they can come in so nicely and they can say such nice things that turn it on you or they will get you to fight their battles they make you feel that you're the one always wrong um yeah, it's, it's hard, hard to say. How do you recognize this? Um, you know what? I find that it's easier if you're standing on the outside looking in that you can see it. But when you're in there, you don't notice it. You, It's like they would say to you, oh, it's the voices in your head or your voices in the head talking to you again. And especially if you try to stand up for yourself and say, you know what? No more. No more. You're not going to do this to anymore. Oh, so the voices are telling you. And then you find they're very articulate and they'll say to you, well, give me evidence. Where did I say this? And where did I abuse you? Give me evidence of it. And, and, you, and you, you can't. You. Mm. But, but why did you stay, Jackie? Did it, have you recognized and, 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 and answered that question to yourself? Why did you stay for 29 years? Um... I thought I loved him. Um, in the beginning, I was petrified. I was petrified that he would leave me. I was petrified that, um, what would I do? I have a standard eight. 
um, how do I go out into the world? How do I earn a living to support myself? Um, how do I do it? How would people look at me? Then it's you. How would people look at me? Um, I have people today who say, but he spoilt you so much. You're such an ungrateful woman. He spoilt you. And so you, you listen to people, what they say. Um, you're ungrateful. How can you leave? And so you, you start believing the lies around you. Um, you start believing that, wow, yes, I am spoiled. Maybe I am ungrateful. Um, maybe what, what, what I get is what I deserve. Maybe I've done something, um, to make, make him do this to me. Um, maybe I deserve what I'm getting. And so you stay because you're scared. Hmm. Um, yeah. I'm still scared. You're still scared, but you're in the process of a divorce now? I'm in the process of a divorce. But Are I'm you still living in the same home? No. Um, when he, um, when he um, physically um, damaged my face, um, there was an opportunity I had that I could get him out of the house. Um, I went to the police and they said to me, um, this is no longer domestic violence, it's now grievous bodily harm, because um, I had... 15 stitches around my eyes and um, if he they told me if, if, if I lay a case that he would be locked up and he would put in, be put into jail and I couldn't do that but um, a friend of mine who is an advocate he helped me and said well then you get him out the house and you say if you don't leave the house then I will have you locked up and so no he doesn't stay with me anymore um, I'm, I live in my own secure complex Mm. Um, but, but but the scars are there and you're still scared I just want to bring in the other guests at this sure. point um, uh, Dr. Wade, as Jackie was saying Somehow you, you, you know, uh, you know deep down what is going on And to everyone else looking from the outside in It is clearly evident that you are being abused But why then can people not find the courage to leave that abusive situation? And I think that the first one is that the relationship never starts off at the point where it ends. You know, it, it's something that evolves over a period of time. And my experience is that, generally speaking, these relationships start off as very romantic, uh, where the person really woos the, um, the victim, and I'm going to assume in this case that the abuser is a man, although I recognize many men are victims themselves, but just yeah. for simplicity. But the relationship from the abuser's point of view is about control. So they tend to woo the victim uh, and then become very dependent upon that person, even though to us that may not seem true. So it starts off in a very um, romantic, kind kind of way, and then there seems to be some switch somewhere where the person starts becoming critical and aggressive, and that escalates. And um, I think that the, the problem is that it that the woman tends to rationalize. Mm. So she will often explain away, yeah, he's been married three times, but no one understands him. Or he hit his ex, but you know, she provoked him. Or I know he drinks too much, but one day he'll stop. 
So there tends to be this um, glossing over what is really going on. The other thing is that in between the periods of abuse, there's often quite a lot of positive input, a kind relationship, and so the woman hangs on, waiting for this payoff, hoping that this nice person will stay, and then you have another incident of abuse or violence. But the person hangs on rather like someone who's gambling, um, hoping that this good time will last, and then she starts thinking, well, you know, if I could be better, if I could do things better, if I could lose weight, if I could be more more caring. The other thing is that the abuser gains control and makes that partner increasingly dependent on the person. So as Jackie was saying, there's a breaking down of one's self-esteem and saying, well, you're useless, you've got no skills, you'll never make it. It is a kind of brainwashing process. Very often the person becomes isolated from their friends. Um, There's a lot of criticism of the family, a tendency not to keep contact with them, so that this person becomes increasingly isolated and doesn't have a lot of support, and that gives the abuser a lot more power. Mm. Um, And then obviously there's a very powerful trap of fear. Many people are afraid to leave, and in particular... People are afraid of losing the children or not being able to support them. And with the brainwashing process, it seems impossible to get out. And then, yeah, Mr. Buta, but you sit and you wonder, you know, how does someone then become so abusive? What is it in either their makeup or in their socialization or whatever else it may be that would push someone to do this to another human being? Well, Sakina, I think there are many reasons uh, you would not have uh, one size fits all. But to say that, it, it, I mean, at the core of it, it's about control. It's about, um, as you rightly point out, the, the, the issue of um, um, socialization. That I have been raised to believe that uh, it's my weight or no weight. It's my way or no highway. Mm-hmm. And if I fail to uh, get my way, uh, I then revert back to that which... I have seen other men do, or I have been taught to do that, you know, uh, when you um, have to put in a, in a place, either uh, you do it physically or you do it by uh, putting someone down. So the, the long and short of things, Sakina, is that it has a lot to do with and in, uh, with, with uh, the upbringing, but also the, what, what one sees as a man. And in the work we do with the one man can, the Brothers for Life, and it has always been uh, that, you know, I, uh, in fact, have to uh, ensure that I, I remain the head of the family, I remain in charge, in control. And if, if there is a perception that I am I'm, I'm, I'm about to lose, um, and, I, and I, I say this uh, deliberately, perception that I'm, I'm about to lose this, then I, I then want to reclaim, reappropriate that power and that control. And what best way of doing it by, in fact, undermining um, demeaning someone else. Mm. And Mr. Buta, of course, there's always concern when there are children in a, such an abusive relationship. Now, the effects of an abusive father on a child who is obviously rather impressionable how does this play out? Well, uh, in fact, I think a while ago, the Human Sciences Research Council had actually came up with a study that proves that in, uh, how, how uh, 
dangerous and, and bad it is for children, in fact, because more often than not, some would say that I'm in the relationship mainly because of kids. But, but to answer the question directly, Sakina, what it does is that I grow up thinking that it's a norm, it's normal, you know, that this is how one has got to quieten someone else. This is what, this is how you deal with conflict situation, that you don't walk away, um, you don't, because then you don't want to lose um, the, the, your so-called uh, manhood. What that way of doing uh, retaining your manhood and it is in fact to say that uh, I will um, ensure that I put in the place now for kids you, you grow up uh, uh, with this being a I mean a very negative impact on you and unfortunately then it you, you it manifests itself in so many ways as as I grow up as a young as a young boy I'm in both at school um, in you know at adversity and in my adult life because I have grown to believe that this is in fact the best way to deal with uh, any disagreement, any um, you know, uh, conflict situation, Sakina. Mm. I mean, uh, uh, Dr. Wade, uh, something that Jackie was uh, talking about earlier, the fact that her perception of reality became so distorted. And, and, and that's rather disconcerting if one thinks about it because you would think, um, and I suppose uh, that's if you think you are being rational, that you can obviously realize when someone is harming you, when someone is being abusive. So how does that perception become so distorted? I think that there are two things. I think that uh, very often the victim of, of the abuse is someone who has a lot of compassion and who is a very giving person. And in a normal relationship where that was reciprocated, the relationship would go well. But it ends up as being one where the uh, victim is constantly rescuing and helping this person. And with this increasing dependency on the person, they start to take a lot of what the abuser says very seriously. And it's like a brainwashing process mm. where, where the person, um, you know, wants the relationship to work and they're really trying to please and they're really trying to help. And so they, they, they think, oh, this is what this person needs. This is how um, I'll put it right. And they, they work very, very hard at pleasing the, the abuser and at maintaining the relationship. And I really want to emphasize that whether the abuse is physical or whether it's emotional, the person is hurting just as much. Mm. And I think many of the victims um, underestimate the power of the emotional abuse. And, and, and also, I'd love to know, you know, ultimately, at what cost do people actually stay? Why do they stay in uh, abusive relationships? That's what we're talking about this morning. Faisal is calling us from Mayfair. Good morning, Faisal. Uh, hi, Sakina. Welcome. So can I look, look, I understand from your guest's point of view the, the physical abuse she's, she's going through. Uh, that's perfectly understandable. But the emotional abuse she's talking about, I think, falls in a very subjective area. Uh, once, once we start accepting the idea of emotional abuse, then every single argument between uh, a couple, for example, could be an emotional abuse. Where, how do you distinguish uh, from, from the physical abuse to her emotional abuse. I mean, she 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 puts everything together in one in one in one basket actually. And I think the the the, the danger is is that is that you know from the from the emotional abuse, I, I feel that people should take in charge of their lives. If they are if they feel they are emotionally abused, then they should relieve that particular relationship 
or, 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 or do whatever they want to 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 change that particular aspect. But uh, but to to say that the physical abuse of of a, of a person is equivalent to the emotional abuse, I think that's that's particularly incorrect. Thank you so much, Faisal. And of course, the lines are open: oh eight nine one one zero four two zero eight. And uh, this um, emotional abuse, as Faisal was pointing out, Doctor Wade, is something that people often struggle to come to terms with, and actually even recognize uh, as abuse. Yeah, well, I disagree with Faisal because in the case of an argument that gets resolved or a relationship where there's some compromise or some ability to give and take, that's fine. Emotional abuse is when a person is using words as a means of control. So you're too fat or um, you're stupid or being very, very insulting. Um, if only you would do this right, you know, this relationship would go well. Or you call yourself a good mother, but look how the children are misbehaving. Mm. That is an abusive way. That is an aggressive uh, way of speaking. It's an insulting way, and it is aimed at diminishing the person's self-esteem and disempowering the person. Whereas in a normal argument, people are able to resolve it and... Um, mm. Because I think, um, and this is what I understood Faisal to be saying, unfortunately, sometimes people would uh, like play this abuse card um, inappropriately. And sometimes just during the course of an argument, someone would say, you are being abusive. Mm. I think abuse is a pattern. I, I think that that came across from Jackie, that it's something that is ongoing. It is something that escalates. It's something that... Uh, as, a, as I emphasize, is about control. Mm. And, of course, we'll take more of your comments and we'll also come back to uh, Mr. Mbuiselo Buta and our guest in uh, studio, Jackie, who is a victim of abuse. Right now, though, it's 8.30. It's time for the news with Vabakshni Chetty. Seven minutes before nine right now and time to catch up with Rowena Bird, who is still out in Grahamstown. Good morning, Rowena. Good morning, Sakina. Morning to you. Coming up on Morning Talk this morning, in the first hour we have the regular open line where the listener gets to set the agenda of what we talk about during 9 and 10 and that's going to be followed with Workers on Wednesday which is our weekly slot dedicated to workers and the labor market in South Africa and this week is going to be a focus on uh, proposed changes in our labor laws and the impact that that will have on the employers as well as the employees. We've done part one of the show this is going to be part two of that particular program. After that at 10.30 we'll speak to International Relations Minister about the BRICS Bank, which was proposed at last year's summit, you'll remember, in Durban, and the BRICS member countries are meeting next week to sign a treaty to launch this bank officially. And in the final hour of the show, Sakina is Grahamstown, is National Arts Festival. That's where we will once again bring you colorful stories from where we're at, the National Arts Festival 2014, right here in Grahamstown. And that's the show for today. Thank you, Sakina. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. And thanks for joining us here on the Forum at 8. This morning we ask, why do people stay in abusive relationships? And we are joined for this conversation by Jackie, who is a victim of abuse. We also have Dr. Barbara Wade, a clinical social worker, as well as Mr. Mbuiselo Buta, who works for a Sonke Gender Justice Network. Now, Mr. Buta, lest people think that, you know, this is a male bashing session, 
this abuse also is perpetrated against men. But talk to us about that. How does that come about? Because traditionally we always think of men as, you know, the stronger party, the party who's at the head of the household. So when it manifests um, against a man, how does that play out? Well, Sakina, I think let me start by saying that uh, once that may be true, that you do have that happening um, as emotional abuse, um, you know, psychological abuse, where someone is, uh, would always be put down uh, compared to others, that you're good for nothing, you know. Um, but one has got to say that, uh, SK, that uh, um, it, the, it, the numbers are, in fact, uh, on, on the increase with women. By that I mean that, Sakina, it, it, it does, by abuse does affect women uh, disproportionately. Mm. In fact, when we do talk about uh, abuse, uh, uh, whilst not discounting the fact that it does happen, or men do face uh, all sorts of abuse, uh, mainly emotional or psychological, as I said. But one has got to, to make the point that, and to emphasize that it's not, it's, it should not be relegated to them and us, um, because we know that statistics uh, point to the fact that it is, men, it is women in the majority, SK, who, um, you know, are at the cold phase of all sorts of abuse uh, that mostly leads to uh, even death, Sakina. And, 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 and of course then, uh, for women, you know, and I say this uh, very, very, um, you know, thoughtfully, with women it is almost easier to go out and seek help. Yeah. Whereas for a man, there's so much stigma attached oh. to that. Oh, for sure, Sakina. And then let's look at reasons why. It, it also has to go back to what I call social scripting. Sakina, I have always been told as a man, I grow up that, you know, take it on your chin. It's been mainly to withstand pain. Uh, you know, it's correct not to even verbalize. I mean, any form of emotion. Sakina, society has taught us and continues to, to teach us that one form of emotion that you are applauded, permitted, allowed to show is that of aggression. Look at your road rage. I mean, and, and as a result of uh, all of uh, these uh, social scripting that I'm not allowed to go out of uh, the box or to act out of the social scripting, if I do, Sakina, I get punished, and that punishment comes in the form of a uh, stigma, uh, to be ostracized, and uh, you know that you have been labeled. I mean, how many of us you would know that out uh, when I'm hurting, when I feel vulnerable, I would not openly, mm. you know, cry. I would not openly seek help because um, they, I, I will be punished by my peers. I will be told that, you know, real men don't really exhibit such forms of weaknesses. I'm always expected no, no form of vulnerability, Sakina. I mean, I have, I've known, I've seen men in the work that we do with the Brothers for Life, One Man Can, where would, someone would go, you know, at a, um, you know, you'd go and cry alone and come back and pretend as if nothing has happened, where you bottle uh, things. And unfortunately, uh, the manifestations are, are tragic in, in most instances because then uh, you have not seen it fit or proper to seek help because you have always been told time and again from the grave to the cradle that do not show any form of weakness if you do this in fact you are undoing a you know what is it what is it that you stand for as men mm. yeah 
And of course, uh, the lines are open 891 And uh, Jackie's with us. I'll come to you in just a moment, Jackie. I just want to take these callers. Anonymous, you are calling us. I'm not sure from where, but thanks so much for calling in. Thank, thank you very much for taking my call. Mm, I, I want, I have a question here. But the scenario is, I got married while I have got a secret. I had a baby outside. Then mm. it was not easy for me to live with that. Then I came open, I told my wife about my baby outside. Then we we talked, then we understand each other. But as time goes on, she changed. Then she become uh, uh, abusive emotionally. She forced me to do things which I was not ready to do. We moved out from my family to have our 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 our, our side. Then she continues. Our family was not aware of the the issues we are having, so I went and talked to them because she she was doing something that you you might not understand. Are you are you with me? I'm listening. Yeah, and then we we continue living while we are attending counseling and the stuff. So the problem is she. She don't want me to 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 support the the baby outside. I'm working and she's working. So now we've got a say close to two to five months. There's no intimate. Verbally, um, I'm a bit, I know I, I'm the one who caused this, but I'm always open. I was working from that other side, and then I moved to where we are staying. I went close to where I'm staying so that I I spend all the time with them. So we've got a year now staying mm. uh, together in our uh, two-year marriage. So, but there is no sign of any uh, improvement. improvement. Mm. So I want to know which one is abusing who. My secret, emotionally, yes, yeah, I've, I've caused a, a pain, some mm. problems to her. So, but now, I want to understand which one is abusing who, because yes, I felt like mm. I'm, I'm being abused. Because when I go out to seek for help from people whom were counseling us, pastors, and and the, our 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 elders say the family, mm. she don't want me to do that. She don't want me to say whatever is happening in the house. So we are sleeping in different uh, rooms. She don't cook, she don't wash. We just wake up, go different places of work. We come back. We don't even talk to, to, to each other. She don't say morning. We don't say good afternoon. We are just living, and we've got a one-year baby. She's growing up. All right. So I've got a problem. I, I, I'm going to pause you there because I actually want to get a response from you. But um, uh, also just uh, to ask Jackie, did you go through a similar period where you were not talking to one another or was it different in your case? 
Um, we went through a period where we weren't talking to each other. Um, he would walk around with headphones in his ears. Um, you weren't allowed to go out anywhere, have friends. You would have to stay there, be ignored, um, spoken to when they want to speak to you. Um, so they isolate you even in your mind. Um, they won't talk to you. Um, so yes, they, you go through periods where you won't talk to each other. Um, yeah, it's, it's, mm. it's quite hard. Um, yeah, and mm. it's but not fair, you know. I, I can only imagine. Uh, Dr. Wade, uh, th- th- there was something interesting um, that Anonymous said. He said, I know it's my fault. Mm. Mm. And, and it's something that Jackie also said. Mm. Yes, I think that that is very often a pattern in, in terms of the, evic- of the victim that they become convinced that they are some, in some way at fault for everything goes wrong and start trying desperately to fix the relationship. So they start to accept that um, the failing relationship is all their fault. And once that happens, they start to buy into the abuse even more. Oh, he's trying to make me a better person. Or, I must work on my jealousy with other women. Or, you know, if I hadn't done this, or if I lost weight, he'd stop his affairs. Mm. Or, he stops me having hobbies because he loves me so much. He can't bear to be away from me. So once the person starts accepting the blame, uh, the abuser doesn't need to take any responsibility for their part in being insulting in in their bad behavior, their cruelty, their screaming. Uh, They just wear the partner down through relentless criticism Mm. and fault-finding. So it's very difficult to detect that because it comes across as an attempt to repair the relationship or make things better or this is what you need to do to make this work. So I think one has to really have very clear boundaries about what am I responsible for, what part of a problem do I own, and that other people need to also respect me. Mm. So what will I accept? What is not acceptable? If a person is being insulting to me, I have the right to end uh, an insulting conversation or leave the room or ultimately leave the relationship. Mm. And uh, Dr. Uh, Bishop Makobe, I'm going to come to you in just a moment. I just want to read through some of these SMSs that have come through. This one says, my wife is so hard on me and our kids. As a result, the kids are always with me and she's always left alone. We don't laugh. We don't talk to each other. But she's very sweet to outsiders and they regard her as the best woman ever. She's a professional but so paranoid that I took the kids to boarding school to save them from her. And um, then also Kevin. Kevin says, um, Jackie says that she only has standard eight and is not smart. She sounds like one very smart and articulate lady. Well done, girl. You are awesome. That is uh, from Kevin. And uh, Terence Brink and Kimberly says, uh, some people stay in abusive relationships for financial gain or for the sake of love. And uh, that's the love uh, bit that I also would like for us to interrogate. But uh, just looking at Twitter, Chinemo Elias says, my aunt is is in an abusive marriage, but she is staying and won't divorce this man because of the kids 
and maybe because of money. And then Women of Note says, funny, we know we are being abused, but taking action is so complicated. Um, Jackie is on point. And Tiru Makuru says, abuse is often due to deep-rooted insecurity and self-loathing. Attack becomes a form of defense. And let's go to uh, Bishop Makobe now. Bishop, thank you so much for your patience. Thank you very much, Sakina. I just want to quickly address these issues uh, on, on two perspectives. Firstly, from the church environment, uh, people stay in abusive relationships because if they go out, the church is going to label them. They're going to be told they're failures, that they don't have faith, that they don't believe in God. Now, from an African perspective, there is no support from the family. The parents will tell you as a man, you've got to man up. You know, you've got to stand for these issues uh, and tell the woman, so you can't come out of those. So as a result, you know, those partners will stay in that abusive relationships because they know they don't have the support of their families, they don't have the support of their communities to come out of those relationships. Mm. No, thank you so much there, Bishop. And, uh, of course, uh, more SMSs are coming through about all of this. Um, and, and understandably today, a lot of them are anonymously sent. Um, this one says, I've been married for 30 years and never realized that I was verbally abused. In fact, it was there, but I thought it was part of marriage and needed to try and make it work. And, and, and uh, um, Mr. Bota, you know, that's also a common one. Um, you know, where people are told, uh, you know, this is what marriage is about, so you must be strong. Absolutely, SK, because if you don't do that and you're a woman, and the bishop has, I think, actually put it that uh, other than being uh, stigmatized, being labeled, you also, there's this uh, badge of shame that, uh, you know, what happened? You have actually brought, um, you know, a bad omen to this family because, uh, in fact, women don't do as, uh, as you have done. But equally so, I mean, you would find when, when, when also men are faced with, uh, you would not have any support system, but also equally true, women would not have any support system because you are always expected, I mean, to look at when, when there is, uh, just after marriage, uh, on, a, on a Saturday, we've got what we call the Trobohan, which is so to with loosely translated, where you are being given instructions, but you never... Uh, these instructions are never given to us as men. Uh, they're only given to women, you know, uh, and, and that presupposes that, uh, you know, it is them who would always, um, always be, you know, on the, you know, do things that are untoward, but we are left scot-free. But the point I'm making is that it's common, uh, Sakina, because you would always be told that um, when you stick it out, it's, it's an essence of what womanhood is all about. Mm, I'm going to say something very personal and generally I don't like to share, you know, parts of my personal being. But you find yourself in a situation whereby you are hurt by the person in your life and you think, how can I best retaliate? What's the best way to hurt them back? And so you say things, or, or let me own it. I said things that perhaps I shouldn't have said. And, and I recognize right now that I was abusive in that instance. There may have been abuse perpetrated against me, but I retaliated in kind. And, 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 and these are some of the things that I think we don't think through. We don't think that this is abuse, especially, especially in an instance where you 
perceive yourself to be a victim. And I want to come back and discuss that. Is it possible for the victim in an abusive relationship to turn abuser? And we'll do that after the break. Tax tip number five. How to make tax season easy when using a tax practitioner. All tax practitioners must now be registered with the recognized controlling body as well as with SARS. Persons not registered who submit returns for others are now referred to as tax preparers. They will be able to prepare your tax return, but they may not charge you for the service or submit the return on your behalf. To find out how you can submit your tax return, visit our website at sars.gov.za or call our contact center on 0800-007277. Remember, you are responsible for outstanding returns, payments and penalties. SARS, at your service. South Africa, meet South Africa. Meet 50 million reasons to say hello. Eta, meet Hauset. Salam, meet Molo. One day, meet one day. Meet a nation that loves to play and dance. Saki Saki, meet Pansula. Meet the original trance. Meet sunshine and taste our country's finest wine on Africa's favorite airline. There's a story in each seat because great things happen every time we meet. South Africa, meet South African Airways. We are ready to connect you. South African Airways, bringing the world to Africa, taking Africa to the world. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Thanks for tuning in. And this morning on the Forum at 8, we are asking, why do people stay in abusive relationships? We're speaking to Mr. Mwiselo Buota from Sonke Gender Justice Network. We also have Dr. Barbara Wade, a clinical social worker, as well as Jackie, who is a victim of abuse. And I just want to run through what I was saying before the break. You know, because so often you think, oh, because you have somehow recognized at some point that I'm being abused. But how often do the victims who start out as victims initially turn abuser themselves, um, Wiesela? Well, I think it, it, the retaliation is spoke about, and sometimes it, it does happen unconsciously, especially if, if I am men and feel that I'm under siege, and, and the best that I'll do is um, escape, but you know, I, I, I will not fold my arms. I will retaliate in kind. So it does happen because then you want to appropriate your space. You want to reclaim your power, your control, because uh, probably you may, you may, you may feel that it may be unmanly uh, for me to keep quiet under what is perceived a barrage of criticism or being put down as a man. And what you do is um, give it back in kind. Mm. Let me just run through some of the messages quickly. Jogozani uh, Mkize says, Abuse is deeply entrenched in our homes. Speaking about it is taboo, and that's the sad part. We hide behind our perfect family images. And then Sivire says, uh, Today's forum at 8 is really heavy. And Wisani says, The support system uh, for abused people is very poor. We are very judgmental as a society. And some of the SMSs coming through, Abusive narcissists are not only found in personal relationships, 
but also in business and government. And this one says, I think we should do a lot of introspection. At times we become abusive without realizing it. And that's exactly what I just did. And and I appreciate that. Jim Dimba says, our mothers stay in abusive relationships as they are enslaved by being purchased with Lobola money. And um, Nareen says, sometimes people who are abused uh, become emotionally dependent on the abuser, which makes them say they keep on behaving, um, believing that the situation will change. And uh, Dr. Wade spoke about that earlier, that clinging on to the hope. Anonymous in Cape Town says, in a bad marriage, um, in the bad marriage uh, vow, we make to promise to honor and obey through good and bad times. And religion is a dangerous trap. Uh, one tries so hard to keep going because of those marriage vows that you took. And Mervyn says, some women chase men because of bling bling. And us men who struggle to make ends meet, we are overlooked. And the men uh, must uh, be on lockup. They must. These men must be locked up for life. And then I'm a man, and my wife abuses me physically and emotionally, mainly just because she earns more than I do and do most of everything for me. And Pumlani says, "Why are you guys always encouraging people to come out of abusive relationships? Is it because nothing um, can be done to change the behaviour of the abuser?" And that's an interesting question, Doctor Wade. But I just want to take Anonymous's call first. Anonymous. Good morning. Hi, good morning, Sakina. How are you? I'm well, and you? I'm okay, thanks. Sakina, I prefer to remain anonymous because of court proceedings currently underway, but I can tell you, um, in my three years of abuse, it started with uh, mild verbal abuse, turned into physical abuse. Uh, there was constant uh, financial and economic abuse. It um, Eventually, I, I filed for protection order. The protection order was not granted because I did not attach all my evidence to the case. When I started accumulating the evidence, the police uh, came one night after an assault incident and they asked what was going on. I revealed that I was busy filing for protection order. She went the very following day to file a protection order against me. With all the information that I had on her, she reversed it and put her name as the, uh, as the, as the person who's been affected. We both now have protection orders against each other because, of course, the next day I filed for mine. But the only evidence she has of any abuse that I have committed against her is a false affidavit which contains a whole lot of lies. I've got documented proof. I've got recordings which I've made of her, which i done in her person. I told her, I'm recording you now. And she would still continue her verbal abuse. And uh, the police, nobody listens to you. I would advise any man in a situation like this, to get out as soon as possible. Nobody's going to listen to you. Nobody's going to believe you, no matter how much evidence you have. Mm. And I think it's very difficult. It's very difficult for a, a someone who's abused for an extended period of time. We need to understand that abuse is not a single incident. If somebody does something to you once or twice uh, and you retaliate and you abuse them back, that's a sort of like a fight. But abuse is a long-term thing. It's repeated actions. Of, uh, of of insulting somebody, of belittling them, of hitting them, of financially abusing them, and isolating them from their family and, and stuff like this, which accumulates. So it's very difficult for somebody in that situation to actually abuse the other person back because you are emotionally uh, a wreck. It's not possible for you to gain that ground. 
and I've been for counseling and everything. It, it, it helped me to try and fight back in terms of standing my ground, but the abuser just became more abusive. Not a worry. Thank you so much, Anonymous, uh, for that input. And we are okay. fast running out of time, Dr. Wade, so I'm literally going to ask the impossible yes. 40 seconds. All right. Sakina, I would like to say, just answer that one question. Um, I have the highest respect for anyone can, who can acknowledge they have a problem and are behaving in an abusive way. And a lot of the abuse happens because of unconscious um, patterns of behavior where we all have needs to be loved and feel safe and very often the abuser mistakenly believes that being close to someone will give her power over him and he becomes anxious and he starts to try and reduce the victim's power in order to regain control. Mm. Obviously people have also frequently grown up in a household where there's been a pattern of abuse and they've come to value power and they have a distorted um, perception of what that means. And children also who grow up where the mother over-depends on the child very often just perceive it that um, needs are overwhelming, they cannot deal with the problems, and so later on when an intimate partner expresses any kind of need, they become anxious and overwhelmed. So there is certainly a lot of hope provided that the abuser is willing to buy into the process of therapy and to uh, work through whatever it was in their background that has led to this uh, dysfunctional pattern. And, of course, alcohol frequently plays a, a major role. Mm. So gonna... There is definitely mm-hmm. hope, and I don't think that one should assume that the relationship is automatically over, yeah. but the abuser needs uh, to really buy into the process and be willing to commit to changing themselves and their own unconscious patterns. It is unfortunate that we have to leave it right there. But thank you so much uh, to our guests this morning, Dr. Barbara Wade, uh, Mr. Mwiselo Buta, as well as Jackie, who came into studio. And as always, to all of you for uh, participating so enthusiastically throughout the show and to the production team who did a fine job putting it together and making sure it went out loud and clear, especially Ronald Piri, who's saying I must mention his name. And that's where we're going to leave it this morning. And tomorrow, of course, We'll be back same time, 6 to 9 a.m. It's time for the news with Vabakshni Chetty.